This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, our next guest is one of the legendary figures connected to the NFL for his work around representing numerous players in contract negotiations. He's had some 64 first-round selections in the NFL draft, as well as a record eight number one overall selections. A pleasure to welcome back to the show, Lee Steinberg, founder and chairman of Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. Hi, Lee. Uh, Talking to you from California. You look great. Uh, Thanks for doing this. Uh, It's good to be with you. What's draft day like for you to, to put this in perspective for people that, uh, uh, you know, watch the draft and they see it all unveiled, but for the agent, what's it like? So when the player ends his last season, we have this elaborate scouting system, which starts with the player going off to be trained, uh, size, uh, strength and, and speed and agility, um, going to a scouting combine, playing in all-star games, and then campus visits. So by this point in the process, we've been able to talk with the teams that are most interested. And to get drafted, you need a team with real passion. And so hopefully I'm in a position to be able to tell our clients exactly the teams that are the hot teams, and therefore you will either go here, here, or here. Um, notwithstanding that, the draft that you're going to see on TV doesn't resemble what's actually going on in all those households because yeah. you see Tua Tonga Bailoa last year uh, sitting with his parents on the couch. What they didn't show you was the hundred other family and friends who were there. So the tension ratchets up. Draft time is not real time in the conventional sense, it's water torture time. So for anyone sitting there, every second seems like a minute. Every minute seems like an hour. Drip, drip, yeah. drip. And so this, you, the tension ratchets up. Hopefully we've done a good job of preparing the player, but it's still my favorite day of the year. It's like Christmas with a whole set of presents, but you're not Totally positive what's in those boxes. <laughs> well, you know, we started this idea by talking about the draft itself. And obviously, you've seen it evolve over the course of your career, you know, going back to the days of, of I guess, you know, it was all on phone calls. And then you have the meetings at the, the hotels in New York. And now we're, we're at this massive event that the league has, and it's become a festival. Take us through what, what you've seen uh, is your perception of how this thing has evolved over the years. So when I started, this is my 47th draft, in 1975, Steve Bartkowski got drafted in January. So, uh, and when he flew back, he was the only person at the draft uh, that was a player. And the only way you could follow it really was the phone call that would come from a, a team. It, it, there was no television. They're, they're, uh, they held it in New York, but there were no players back there. Yeah. And so this whole off-season extravaganza has developed over time. For a number of years, we would go back to New York. I did a run where I had the first pick in the draft uh, six out of seven years, and the first pick overall. And we would go back and sit in a room, um, but – that just adds to the tension, Dan, because the players who are back there are sitting at a set of tables, which are all jammed together. 
with all the rest of the draftees. And so some players now choose to stay home and, and a number of them have sponsored draft parties. So I'm, I'm sure that's what you're going to see with Trevor Lawrence um, and, and some other players where they're not in Cleveland, they're at home so they can have that high school coach and, uh, and the pastor and every last relative uh, all in one room. But as you well know, we're in an age now where content is king and certainly sports is just kind of an amazing vehicle for a lot of these stories to be told. And so this just kind of lends itself to that. It's become a a three, four day extravaganza with amazing amounts of content. So you get the backstories on players, their hopes, their dreams, their journey since uh, Pop Warner. And ultimately, it comes to fruition in this one uh, magic moment. So um, it, they're interesting stories. This is going to be a draft filled with offensive players at the very top. In any draft where you have this many quarterbacks that should go one, two, three, maybe four, uh, and then talented wide receivers, it, and then some big offensive linemen, it, you could theoretically not see a defensive player picked in the first 10 picks. So then in the last few years, it sounds like uh, as big as this has become as an event for you in dealing with the players, it doesn't sound like it's changed your kind of mindset or your pattern a whole lot in terms of preparing them for what may be coming ahead. No, the difference is that, for example, in 2016, Paxton Lynch, had his draft night, who was a first-round draft pick and a client, in a bowling alley. Uh, in 2017, <laughs> uh, I was with Patrick Mahomes, and uh, it was a huge country club with like 100 of his closest people. And then with uh, Tua Tongo Bailoa uh, last year with the Dolphins, it was on a big ranch <clears throat> out in rural Alabama. So um, some of the players will go, they have a good time when they do, but again, they don't have the capacity to have extended family or anything else. Um, the, it's my favorite day of the year, Dan. I mean, yeah. yet you, you, you see the bonds between families, all of the people who played some small role in getting to this point, and you have players notwithstanding if they were draft right where they were, uh, thought they were, uh, who are happy once they get drafted. Now, you ask yourself, what are they doing in those 10 minutes between first round draft picks? They've had months to do computer scenarios of what player might be there when their pick comes. A team has debated it and gone through that whole thing. So why would they be hesitating? Because they're trading. They're doing trading calls. And uh, I remember sitting back with Ben Roethlisberger one year and uh, the coach had called his coach of the New York Giants had called his uh, coach and said, well, if the Manning uh, trade doesn't work, we're going to pick you. I was sure it wasn't going to happen because uh, the Chargers love Rivers and, and uh, the Giants love Manning. Mm -hmm. But um we go 14 minutes on that pick of the New York Giants, 
and it's like excruciating. And then with like 14 minutes and 50 seconds, it was 15 minutes back then, that trade was executed. But it all ended up happily because Ben went to a marriage made in heaven in Pittsburgh. So you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, and obviously he signing the largest contract recently, $503 million. And obviously the value of the league has meant that the value of the contracts are going to continue to move higher. But I'd be interested to get your thoughts on how the pandemic and the loss of revenue of people in the stands, does it play or will it have an impact on contracts, at least in the short term, maybe on the players, you know, further down the line? It it dramatically affects players who are like in the bottom 20 on a team, because what happens now is to afford the superstar contracts, the last 20, 25 players on the team have to be playing at the minimum. So it affects them, but it's a one-year blip because we just had renewals of the TV contracts that went up 85% 85% for uh, CBS and uh, Fox and went up 35% for ESPN. Can you imagine in this cratered economy, the future is very bright. Um, and by the time football season rolls around, um, you know, the state of California is supposed to be open June 15th. And by the time we get to September, we may have packed houses. Lee, thank you for a few moments. Uh, We will catch up with you again before the season. Enjoy draft day. As you said, you know it's a great day, so have a lot of fun with it. My pleasure. Lee Steinberg uh, joining us here on our special. He is the founder and chairman of Steinberg Sports and Entertainment. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.